Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Who is Chad Greenway? He's the sum total of many amazing influences in his life growing up on a farm in Mount Vernon, South Dakota. Today, in part two of our talk, Chad is going to share several of the key people who greatly impacted him and some of the challenges he had to overcome to live out his dream. Chad Greenway often speaks about the key lessons he learned from his parents and grandparents, ones he's doing his best to pass on to his daughters. But with college ambitions, Greenway was also grateful to one of his coaches who wasn't afraid to create challenges for his players, set high expectations, and hold them accountable. And for that, Chad will forever be grateful because it helped him prepare for a life-defining decision, whether to accept his one and only Division I offer. Let's jump into part two of my conversation with Chad Greenway. Chad, which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's an easy one. Um, Eric Denning is his name. Um, he is now the athletic director and head basketball coach at Mount Vernon, where I grew up. Um, still there. He was a young, young coach when I was coming coming up. He's still young, for goodness sakes. I'm not sure he'll love her age, but he he just um, he taught me how to compete. Me and, and all my teammates how to compete. So he was my basketball and baseball coach and uh, just a mentor. And then became a big fan and just a follower all the way through and really supported me. Um, I didn't have any brother. So he, you know, kind of kind of fits in that mode of somebody that I could ask the hard questions to or somebody who would snap me back into reality if I needed that. But really taught us how to compete and how to fight for every inch. And um, it's something I deal with in our in our girls basketball association with up here now and the coaches, I the, the teams that coaches. How do you create struggle? And he taught us what it was like to compete and how to struggle and how to fight and how to make it matter. And then what he did was he encouraged me to think bigger. You know, I had these dreams and it's one thing to have a dream, but how do you make it a reality? And, and he held me accountable to like, well, if this is your dream, then this is what it takes. And if this is what it takes. Then you have to live up to that standard every day. And it wasn't harsh. It wasn't demeaning. It was just accountability. It was, it was life. And, uh, you know, appreciate him you know, more and more every day. What was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat growing up? You know, I say this all the time is you learn, you know, a hundred more things by losing than by, than by winning. I mean, it's a hundred to one, if anything, you know, there's some good losses. My senior year, we had, we had gone through my whole junior year undefeated, came back my senior year, kind of a new team took and lost the first game of the year to a rival opponent. And what it was, was it kind of took this, this, um, you know, as, as a lot of times losses do, right. It took this ability, this humbleness and just said, okay, you've been humbled. Right. And, and you aren't all what you expected it to be. It was kind of an entire team, but what it made me think of is as, as a 17, almost 18 year old kid was you can never take your foot off the gas pedal. Like in life, in being a dad, being a husband, like there's never like an okay time to be like, you know, the hay's in the barn, the, the work is done. Like you got to always grind and always push and always find that struggle and always continue to push yourself. And, um, you know, we learned from that. We went on to beat that same team in the playoffs. And, you know, it wasn't like this micro, this, this massive event, right? It was, but it was more of like, if you want to look at one loss that really set the, set the tone for my senior year of high school, that was it. 
What's one thing you would tell your eight, 12, and 16 year old self? Easy, try your best in everything. Get out of your comfort zone. Um, the, the, the cliche things, but what I mean by that is, is school for me, my parents, um, my parents both graduated high school, didn't go to college. They weren't really big into pushing us into college. Um, their mentality around school was get your crap done and then get out and do chores. They weren't like looking over my shoulder. They weren't helicopter parents. They weren't making sure my assignments were done. They would check grades, but you know, A's and B's, sometimes some C's were, were good enough. I just wish that I would have taken my work ethic that I had in sports and my mentality I have now as a mature adult. And I would say it's okay to be great at everything. And you should equally push yourself into every facet of academics, athletics, you know, being a better friend, being a better, you know, whatever, just give more. Maybe is the best answer, you know, give more, there's more to give. And when you think you give it all, you know, there's a little bit more in there. Looking back, what's something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your athletic journey? Oh, never, never yelled from the stands, never told me to not listen to a coach, never told me to, you know, I need to do better. There was one time my parents were mad at me after a football game. It's because I spun a football in the end zone after I scored a touchdown. And I mean, it was my sixth touchdown. I mean, I think I deserved it. But um, no, I came home and, and, and what it was, it wasn't like you're a terrible kid. It was like, we're disappointed. And there's nothing worse than the people you respect the most to be disappointed in you. Well, I mean, did they feel like that was a little bit like showboating or showboating, something? Yeah. Or? Arrogant. Um, yeah. not humble, you know, not showing enough good character towards the, the opponent. And I mean, all those things, my, my parents are incredible people. Um, and I often get, I often have, I love these conversations around education and the highly educated, you know, myself have a, you know, went to Iowa with a degree and, but there's no, there's nothing like experience. There's nothing like going through the battles of life like my folks did, you know, graduate high school, getting married right away, having my sister right away and just grinding through the early part of their life and just surviving. Literally stopped having kids because they couldn't afford to feed anymore. That was the last one. I mean, that's just where that's just is what it is. Right. And but their perspective was so good. And I never I never even to this day, I think about this all the time because of the position I'm in and, and one one bad decision puts me in the paper. Right. I think about what that would make my parents feel like if they had to read that. And, you know, my all my grandparents are now gone and my dad's obviously gone. But I think about that and I get emotional because it's so important to me to live, to live, to, to put our family name on a pedestal and to continue to elevate it. And just, to, you know, whatever you believe in, you know, my mom's obviously still here, but my dad's, you know, I hope was with us that he is proud. You know, he's, he's proud of us. What was something you wrestled or struggled with in middle or high school? I mean, your, your daughters are you, it's such a vast array of ages right now. And, you know, you, you got middle schoolers and elementary schoolers. I mean, what's something that you kind of wrestled with? Yeah, I was always a really defensive kid. So if somebody would question, like question me or, or ask me a question I didn't understand, and I would just, instead of knowing or seeking counsel or seeking an answer, I would get defensive and sort of react. I was very reactionary and kind of, I'm high strung, I'm high, I'm, I'm high energy, I'm emotional, I'm all those things. And kind of led to, you know, I think it, it, it's who I was. I don't think it was a wrong reaction. It's just, it's just who I was. But I think the one thing that, I can remember this really in high school going to college was I had a real fear of failure, like a real fear. Like I, you know, I was sort of put on this pedestal and in, in, in our small community and, and, and not a, wasn't a five-star recruiter and crazy. Like a lot of these kids are under immense pressure, 
but I put that much pressure on myself. Like the, it was the self pressure of like, I have to live up to the standard I've created for myself. And then what I think other people have put on my shoulders, whether that was accurate or not. Um, and it almost held me back from even going to Iowa. I had one offer. I mean, it was the easiest decision in the, in the world, right? You go to, you go to Iowa, but South Dakota state was D two NCC back then. They were a great team. And that was my other really good offer. And I was like, it's so, it was so easy to make that decision. Cause I, I didn't want to fail. I didn't want that egg on my face to go to Iowa and I couldn't play and I had to come back home and play it. You know, I just, but I really thought about it in two ways and my parents helped me, but it was, you let, you let the fear, I and mean, we've heard this, this saying, right? The fear can dictate one of two decisions, right? You let it drive the decision to, to not live up to what you think you can do. or you let the fear push you and motivate you and become a, a chip on your shoulder. And I think when I made that decision at 18 to go to Iowa and, and put myself out there, that decision was not that it was like a massive decision, but it really changed the scope of my life because from that moment on that chip on my shoulder just continued to gain size and energy and become a thing where like now I, I kind of created an edge to like, I'm simply not going to be outworked. I'm not going to fail. Like I'm going to find a way to succeed. I'm going to find an angle. I'm going to find a, something to get better at or to work or to whatever it is. And, and when I went to Iowa, I think that was kind of the perfect position because I go there and it was a place where you were allowed to be a crappy recruit, but a really good player. And, um, you know, and I was a two-star recruit that played, you know, would have played as a freshman if I didn't blow my knee out. And then all of a sudden my career takes off and there's no looking back. And then I kind of really embraced that culture of being the underdog and, um, coming from nowhere and making yourself something. But that fear was real, that, that fear kind of go back to high school, that decision, it can really cripple you into making the easy decision. What was that obstacle in the beginning at the University of Iowa? Because I know it's it's not ever just a picture-perfect transition. Was it that injury or what, what was that big obstacle that you had overcome early on before things really started to flourish there with the Hawkeyes? Yeah, I mean, mentally it was, you know, a shift from 9-man to 11-man football. I never played the game on a full field before. Um, that was 80 by, we played on an 80 by 40 field. And so there was some physical stuff, but really it was, they believed in me from the moment I walked on campus. So there was no, like, being held back. It was, it was this idea that like I had this fear of failure. I go there, I redshirted, so I don't have a lot of pressure on me. But I'm still, I'm doing well. I'm succeeding, and I think what I found was, was the simplest things I was the best at: showing up early, working really hard, doing what I was told. And we talked about this before we went live today. Was I had luck in the fact that genetically I was. I was built for it. Like I, I got, I got heavier and faster, right? I got stronger. I had never lifted weights in high school before. So I started lifting and got strong and faster and all those things were working out for me. Um, so I don't want to take too much credit because genetically it just worked out. But then I get, I, I go from a third string line. I go from quarterback to safety to third string linebacker in about six months. And, um, I'm working with the, the third string and then the second string and then the first string in spring ball. And then the spring game, I tear my ACL. And it was sort of this mentality of like, man, I've cut, not that I've climbed the mountain and finished the hike. Right. But I was really, I could, I could, I could kind of get my head above water and really see myself having success and then boom, start over. And, you know, you, you let that again, you let that either determine your outcome or you determine the outcome yourself. And it was just, again, go back to the drawing board and just keep working, keep your head down. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any comments or questions, visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page where you can even leave me a voice recording. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you.